Welcome to the Charlotte Business Podcast, the podcast where business owners in and around the Charlotte, North Carolina area share their stories, their struggles, and the obstacles they overcame in growing their business to success. We hope these stories are an inspiration to others wanting and trying to start their own businesses and give consumers a better understanding of our local business community. I am your host, Sebastian McShane. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. If you are a regular follower of the podcast, you're probably wondering where we've been. Well, let's just say that this podcast is changing and evolving with the times along with everything else. I'll go into more a little later as to what's been happening and what you can expect in future podcasts. But right now, I want you to meet Erica Heeren, who started a great business to help other business owners market their businesses successfully. Erica runs the Small Business Marketing Studio and has business offices in several cities across the country. She and her staff are talented in getting business owners the best bang for their marketing dollars. And believe me, in these times, a good marketing campaign is something that will help you grow your business. But she can explain all that better than I can, so let's get to the podcast. Hi, Erica. How are you doing today? Thank you for coming to the podcast. Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Uh, so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am uh, the president of the Small Business Marketing Studio. Uh, I have been we've going into our sixth year of business, so still pretty young, but you know we passed mm-hmm. that five-year mark, which is all kinds of fun. I've been yeah, a that's marketer. The, that's the peak. <laughs> yep, yep. That little hurdle you got to get over to make sure right. that you make it. <laughs> Um, but I've been a marketer for about 16 years and a variety of different uh, avenues from corporate marketing to small business consulting, nonprofit marketing, and I was even a reporter for a few years. So I've oh, kind wow. of run the gamut. What kind of reporter? News or, I mean, TV or radio or? Uh, print, newsprint. Okay, that's yep. cool. That's cool. I was the resident uh, business features reporter, so. Okay, so where are you from? Are you from this area or somewhere? I else? am actually originally from Alaska. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, I never ever been, but I've seen a lot of videos. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, mosquitoes are bad though. Yep, that's our state bird. Yep. Yeah, yep. <laughs> uh what part of Alaska were you from? Wastilla. It's about sixty miles north of Anchorage. Okay, so you were sixty miles west, so you're more toward Canada then. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Um, so what was it like growing up in Alaska? That must have been interesting. Well, I am a Christmas lights and palm trees kind of girl. So mm-hmm. it was, it had its challenges. We do have the, you know, gamut of 85 degree summers and negative 30 <laughs> in the winter. Um, lots of snow, lots of ice, all of that fun stuff. So when I was growing up, but Wasilla was a teeny tiny town. I think we only had like 20,000 people living there. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's grown substantially. We've got a lot of small businesses, some bigger corporate chains like Target and that sort of thing as well. Um, but it was just a really rural area when I was growing up. So mostly uh, military, <laughs> yeah, the base yeah. right out there. So it makes sense that that's how I got to where I am. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. I imagine it's probably the only thing to be up there to be military because, and the, the, uh, I don't want to say crazy people, but if you live up in Alaska in that area, it's, that takes a different kind of person. <laughs> yes. It, Very it's, rugged. It's special, special breed for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of oil workers up there as well, yeah, um, yeah. and a lot of retired military that came out and decided to 
work out there, um, start their own businesses out there and that sort of thing. Yeah. What kind of, uh, it's not very populated. What kind of businesses were people starting up there? There's a big variety. Um, you have everything from jewelry stores to your, you know, hunting, fishing, gun shops that those are always big out there because it's part mm -hmm. of the lifestyle. Right. Um, but you have some really high-end boutique clothing stores out there. It really just runs the gamut. Wow. That's neat. That's neat. So tell us about how you got the idea to start your business. So I am a military spouse. My husband is currently active duty in the army. He's serving as a recruiter right now. Mm -hmm. um, and when we got engaged, I was, had already been almost a decade into my career uh, as a marketer. And then we had to pack up and move as what happens frequently with a lot of military spouses. So right. when I had to pack up and move, I had to completely rebuild my network. I had to start from scratch. It was just a mess. And it's really quite a struggle when you don't have um, avenues to get a new job other than going on Indeed or Monster or, you know, saying, please hire me. <laughs> it, it's a little bit more challenging, um, especially with the ups and downs of the, as the economy does. So when I first started out, I started my business as a boutique marketing agency where it was just me and an intern and a VA and we helped small businesses as we could take based on our maximum client load. Mm -hmm. um, what I was finding was that a lot of military spouses had struggled the way that I had and were unable to find sustainable employment, either because they were stationed out in the middle of nowhere, uh, which if you've ever been to many military, military bases, a lot of areas that you're an hour away from everything <laughs> or right. more. Um, so their only options for work is to go work at the local restaurant on post when they have a master's degree or a PhD. You'd be surprised yeah. how often that happens. When that happens, it's no longer the worth it when you have childcare to consider mm -hmm. and a student loan debt. Um, so a lot of them give up on working altogether. And what we're seeing happen is as the service member progresses through his or her career and then either separates or retires, they're struggling to get into the civilian workforce at the level that they should having 10 to 20 years of work at the same employer, which God, that's unheard of these days. Yeah. Um, so they're starting at an entry level job. The spouse is starting at an entry level job and they can't make ends meet. Right. So right now what we're seeing is that one in eight military families are food insecure. So they're going hungry because they cannot keep, um, substantial funds going through. I believe as a military spouse that a big solution of that, not the only solution, but a big part of that would be to put more of a focus on the military spouse's employment during that service career. Mm -hmm. So when I started my business, um, as a marketer, I knew that small business, ne small businesses needed talented marketers and the military spouses needed work. So we created a training program that, um, gets them to the level, gets those marketers to the level that they need to be. And then we place them in the small businesses for whatever they need. Sounds good. Sounds good. What kind of difficulties have, difficulties have you run into with placing, helping people get placed and, you know, in that situation? I mean, especially up in Alaska, because like you said, there's not, not a whole lot there that is really sustaining, is there? I mean, it's, the Alaskan economy is kind of going through a bit of a rough patch right now. Um, mm -hmm. We do serve na clients nationwide. Um, 
I think our biggest challenge was that we actually restructured to this new business model right before COVID hit. Yeah. <laughs> um, that made it difficult. Plan, sure. right? um, yeah. <laughs> so and nobody could have anticipated that this is what was going to happen. But what we're seeing is that a lot of small business owners are, they're tightening their belts as much as they can. And usually when you start cutting budget, marketing is one of the first things to go. Right. Whether that's the right thing to do or not. I don't, I can't, you know, each business is different. And of course their top priority is paying their people. We're always going to support that. Mm -hmm. But what we're finding is a lot of businesses are scared to try new things because you don't know what's happening in the next step. Yeah, that's true. You don't know if they're going to be another shutdown. If you know, it's mm -hmm. it's insane. So, uh, what brought you to Charlotte? Well, actually, right now we're kind of in. Um, we're moving back to the East Coast uh, from Idaho, where okay. we were just recently uh, stationed. So again, it's the military kind of moves us around everywhere. We've got uh, marketing professionals stationed all over military bases from Alaska to all the way to the tip top of Maine, um, depending on what they're doing. So we, wherever the army, Navy or <laughs> otherwise mm -hmm. sends our employees, that's where we go. So have you kind of, um, I'm kind of getting the idea you started this in one place and ended up having to move and just continued and grew it. And it's been growing ever since. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. neat. That's neat. So how many cities are you in now? Right now we have solid locations in California. Uh, one in Idaho, one in Annapolis in Maryland, and one we just opening up in New York. That's neat. It's kind of a, a cool business model to have because it's it's portable. You know, like you you end up in a city, you start working there, you op open a business, grow it, and then you got to move and you can't help that because, like you said, military says you go, you go. And uh, instead of just shutting it down, you leave it with someone to run it and then come to the next place and start it again. Yeah. So you've got a lot of experience in starting a business, I can, I guess you could say. Yeah, it's like hitting the reset <laughs> button every time we move. Right. It's, it's okay. Yeah, that just makes you even better. You can help able to help your uh, clients even better. So um, uh, talk about some of the things that you do to help uh, your clients market their businesses. So we are heavily focused in digital marketing. Um, my personal background is in traditional marketing. I like to tell people I started in marketing right when Facebook was leaving Harvard. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I've seen it from the traditional marketing aspects where businesses had to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to compete. Even mm -hmm. Alaska, like a lot of the really successful businesses were spending north of a hundred grand on print, radio, and TV. That was how it was done. And then you had right. word of mouth as a backup. So with digital marketing, that opens up that door for a lot of small businesses at any stage of life to accomplish great things and have higher reach than you would with traditional media. So our focus is combining those two practices and bringing in the best, uh, best mix for small businesses wherever they are. Um, we've worked with 16 different industries everywhere from engineering and aviation all the way down to clothing retailers. So the great thing about having a diverse uh, marketing team is that we have somebody who is fully niched out in any client's uh, industry, which you can't really find in most other agencies. That's neat. All right. So if someone contacts you to help them grow their business, what's the procedure you go through? Give us an example of you know, how you figure out what's best for them. 
So when we get a new client, um, the first thing that they do is they fill out a questionnaire about them and their business, because when you're, it's the same thing as when you're hiring somebody, we want to make sure that they're going to be a good fit. Right. Um, we get to know about more about their goals and what they're doing to reach them and what their plan is for the future. And then we give them a selection of up to three different marketers that we've recruited. If we don't have somebody on staff, we'll go and recruit them for them. No additional mm -hmm. charge. Um, each of one of our marketers has a resume, a cover letter, a portfolio, and a disc assessment. So it's got a personality profile because different entrepreneurs work best with different personalities. Um, and then the client gets to see that and they get to choose the marketer that works best for them. In their initial setup phase, they get to uh, work with both of our operations manager, Amanda, and the VA to make sure that they are getting, that that relationship is starting out well, that this is actually a good fit. Mm -hmm. And then we kind of let them go off and do their own thing. Um, and then the client just continues to pay month to month. We don't have anyone on a contract. They're able right. to hire them based on the hours that they need versus the standard service package. So there's no fluff. There's no extra spending. Um, and then they can do anything from email marketing to social media content, website development, uh, all the way to traditional media buying. So really whatever the business owner needs. And then oh, okay. we just check in with them every quarter and continue to move from there. And do you help them create any social media marketing or is that kind of on their own or how does that work? No, we'll do it for them. Um, or they can do part of it by themselves. Really. It's exactly what, whatever they need. We can customize it to them. Usually when you go to a marketing agency, you get, you have to do social media content and then you have to do SEO and the, there's these service packages Right. for us. When they come to us, if they say I can write my blog, but I need help with social media content and Facebook ads, we can help on that side. And then, combine that with their efforts writing their own blog or whatever they decide to do. So it really maximizes on the team that the entrepreneur has already created and then helps to amplify that. Cool. So what do you do when uh, you talk to, well, I guess you don't really um, go out and well, maybe you do, do you go, let me just ask. <laughs> okay. Um, do you go out to businesses and kind of offer your services or mostly do they call you and contact you? We do both. Uh, COVID has made it <laughs> incredibly hard to go out and meet people. Um, I'm an old fashioned networker where I like to go out there and, you know, do the chamber mm -hmm. commerce stuff, do the BNI stuff, go out and actually meet the business owners where they are. Unfortunately, COVID doesn't exactly allow us to do that as well right. as we used to be able to do it. Um, hopefully that will change in the future, but we do a little bit of both. We've got some online webinars that we're planning on doing here after the first of the year. Okay. Um, which helps to bring people in, but we usually like to meet the business owner where they are either virtually or uh, in person. Cool. So um, when you go approach a business owner about marketing and they give you that kind of dough in the headlight look, uh, <laughs> yeah. like, um, I don't know if I can afford that or do I need it? Uh, what's your, what's your convincing um, speech or how do you convince them that they, that they should use marketing? So one of the things that we focused on is our, we're the no risk agency. Um, mm -hmm. You're not locked into a contract. So if it doesn't work for you, it doesn't work for you. It's not something you have to sit there for months and months and months and try it out. And we're not selling a service. We're selling a staffing option. So if you need help in your business, if you want somebody who can do both marketing and sales, we can adapt that directly to your business versus just telling you, Hey, you need social media marketing. And it's going to bring you all of the revenue that you need usually that doesn't work and that's what leave the, leaves the business owner frustrated. Mm -hmm. They 
only have to purchase the hours that they need for that staff member to come in and help them. And that staff member can help them with any aspect of marketing sales that they need or any combination of whatever they need. So if they need somebody making cold calls, how many agencies would offer to do your social media content and your cold calling for you, right? right? We can do that. We have people that are, that can specialize in both of those areas, whether it's one VMP or one VA and, or two that we can place in your business to do that. So there's no risk if you're not happy with it, if it's not bringing results, you just cancel. Yeah. Okay. And you don't have to, so you're not losing out any money. You're not going through legal fees, dealing with contracts and you see exactly where your money is going. Yeah. Plus, I'm sure that once they do see the results that they're going to be wanting to keep you on and, and yeah. say, this is working. We're getting business. <laughs> Absolutely. When our clients succeed, that means that we get more money because they spend more money with us. So it's in our best interest that the client succeeds. Right. So social marketing, what, uh, talk about the different types. There's blogs, there's blogs, uh, video, uh, photography. What, what kind of things do you recommend and what do you think works better than another? It varies a lot by industry. Mm -hmm. Um, What we're seeing with social media right now is the same thing you've been hearing for the last two years is that video is still going to be king. Um, But I usually recommend having at least a three-pronged approach. So if you're going to do a video outreach, do a blog as well. One of the things that I've seen have some success with my business in particular is I will write a blog and then I'll do a video attached to it. And that's what I'll publish on social media, directing them to the blog for more information. Um, So it's a good way to kind of build on your content to make it last longer because gosh, it takes forever to build any kind of content these days. (laughs) So you want to get all the mileage you can, but video, whatever you do have a video component in it to make sure you're getting the reach and engagement that you want. Yeah. I think, I think most people today, would rather watch a video than read content. And I just had this debate with, I've actually, it's been an ongoing debate with a, um, a local business owner here in Concord where he keeps posting uh, photos on Instagram and then this really long narrative about a new product that's come out. And I say, well, you know, you, you could do all this with video in about a minute and get everything across that you want to. And people are going to watch it as opposed to no one's going to want to read all that. They'll get down to maybe two or three sentences and it's okay. Don't scroll up and see what else is here. Right. The thing to remember uh, with video versus text is that um, for the user, video is better. Right. For search engines, text they can't read the the video, right? It's just going to read the text. So that's, if you do the blog and then you do the video, Mm-hmm. You're getting the best of both worlds. Right, because um, the search engines will find the the text and, and link to your yeah. video and, and to your business. And so you gotta have to you kinda have to have both to really be successful. Yeah. It's twice cool. the work, but it'll bring right. twice the reward. <laughs> exactly. What do you think is a common reason that people fail or give up? I think fear as trite as an as a answer as that is, um, that fear of what if it doesn't work out? What if I can't turn this around? Uh, cash flow, of course, is another big one. Yeah. I think that Small Business Administration says that that's why the majority of businesses fail within the first five years is cash flow. It's not something you want to think about. And you go through different seasons as a business, and it's hard to be in that tough spot, especially going through something like COVID. Right. And being able to say, okay, how can I objectively keep us afloat no matter what happens? 
and being able to make it through that. Yeah. So during COVID, um, how did that affect some of your clients and what did you do to help them to survive COVID? We, um, I think our tourism clients and our restaurant clients took the biggest hit. Yeah. Uh, I know I have other agency owners who said the same thing about the salon industry, hair, nails, that sort of thing. Um, for a lot of our business owners, we really pushed the pivot over panic method. Yeah. Um, how much can you bring online? Mm-hmm. Um, the Instead of focusing on the fear of, I don't know what's going to happen next, or I don't know what this is going to look like, or railing against government regulations, um, to get revenue up, what can you do in the next five days, in the next 30 days to continue to keep the doors open. You don't have to be making your profit goals in a situation like this, but you have to be able to pay your employees. You have to be able to pay the rent. You have to be able to do all of those other things that are required for business ownership. So what can you bring online? Unfortunately, a lot of our clients are either service-based where we were able to bring them on virtually already. It was a fairly simple shift. Um, but there are some industries like the tourism industry or the restaurant industry where that was a little bit more of a, you know, like turning a bus going 60 miles an hour down the highway and trying to do a hair point turn. Um, We've seen a lot of business owners that we've associated with in the past do some really great things. Like we've had restaurant owners that turn themselves into grocery delivery services Mm -hmm. just to make ends meet that I, that's a great way to serve your community and continue to bring in revenue. So that kind of mentality of pivot over panic, that's what we've been preaching to our clients. Yeah. And you got to kind of just figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> or close. That's it. It's your choice. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. For future pandemics, which hopefully there won't be any, uh, what not. would you, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully this will be over with soon, but uh, in the event that it's not, uh, what kind of long-term um, things do you suggest or, for your clients and for other businesses that are trying to struggle and are barely making it or on the verge of closing? I think the number one thing is the cash flow. Um, you know, you would expect a marketer to come out and say, no, advertise more, advertise more. No, I, you need to know exactly where your money is going and be okay with making those hard decisions in order for the long-term sustainability of your business. Um, with every business owner, the last thing they want to do is start laying off employees. Right. If you want to protect your employees, you have to make those hard decisions on every other aspect of how you're spending money. Where could you cut down on your overhead? Mm-hmm. Right. Do you don't need the fancy business cards? You don't need the company car. You don't need all of these other things. What can you do to keep your cash flow as lean as possible in order to keep yourself sustainable? Because the less money you have coming out, the easier it is to keep the doors open. Yeah. And I think that says a lot about a business owner too, because it's so easy to just throw in the towel and say, I'm done. You know, yeah. all the employees are out of work and, you know, and it's, it's devastating to them just as much as it is to the owner. But if you stick with it and just keep trying to think of, you know, think outside the box, what else can I do? Maybe if you own a restaurant and you start, you know, like you said, doing deliveries or, you know, just, you have to think of something else. It, it, could it even be a completely different area that you're not even in? Yeah. As long as you can keep open and keep you know, your employees working and like you said, the bills paid and all that, that's the most important thing. Yeah. I think it's, um, there's that leadership component too. You know, I had, I 
had to come to my employees uh, back in April. We didn't take a PPP loan. We haven't gotten any other government support or anything like that, um, which that's a whole other <laughs> conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I've heard a lot of I, things about those, both good yeah, and bad. But I had to go to my employees and say, look, this is, we're going to have to cut hours. We're going to have to lean out time. And I had to be really upfront with them about, Hey, I'm not going to take a paycheck until we get you guys back until to where you're going to be. So all of the money that I would have made, I funneled back into keeping them on board. And that's a really hard decision to make. Not every business owner can make that decision. Yeah. Um, but taking that leadership role and being transparent with your employees and go, look, this is what we're doing. This is what I am doing to protect this venture and move forward on that. You will yeah. be surprised how many employees have a lot more buy-in to your brand and to your business if you are that honest with them because everybody is struggling. Everybody mm-hmm. is struggling right now. Yeah, it is. And like I said, hopefully it'll get better before it gets worse. Yes. Okay. Uh, what is one common myth about your business that you would like to debunk? Um, just because you know how to use social media doesn't mean, you know, social media marketing, (laughs) (laughs) that's a big one. I've had a lot of business owners who come to me, you know, and say, okay, well, my daughter just graduated college and, or she's in college and she's got 5,000 Instagram followers. So I'm going to let her run my business campaigns. And then a year later, it's like, this isn't working. And people, (laughs) I'm like, okay. I could tell you why. Um, it's one thing to build a personal brand. It's kind of quite another to manage a growing business brand. Right. Um, and just because somebody is an influencer or did a social media campaign for one industry for one business one time does not mean that they know all of the ins and outs of social media marketing. You need somebody who understands the ins and outs of it because Facebook changes everything so often. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, so yeah, that would probably be the number one myth. <laughs> okay. Talk about your, uh, your ideas and thoughts about how to add value through your social media. And what I'm suggesting is, and what I'm, what I'm gearing towards is, I don't know if you've listened to Gary Vaynerchuk at all. I'm assuming you do because you're in the same market. Yeah, he's my, my guru. <laughs> but um, one of the things he talks about a lot is, is giving value by offering stuff, whether it's knowledge about your business, and I've talked to business owners who are afraid of that because they're like, well, if I talk about how I do this, then someone else is going to come and do it. And I usually say, well, possibly, but what you're going to do is you're going to show your potential customers your process and how it works. And they're going to see that firsthand before they even meet you. Yeah. Um, so I do subscribe to that philosophy of, giving more than you're taking mm-hmm. um business owners are selfish yeah. and they have every right to be like they want to know what are you bringing to the table what is this going to do for me they do not care about your social uh <laughs> your socially conscious mission statement they want to know how you're going to help their business grow and one of the best ways to do that is by sharing information ebooks mm-hmm. is a great way we've written a couple of ebooks as an agency ourselves on mar- doing market research and all this other stuff the reality is in today's society with the market that we have as a marketing agency specifically, anyone could go on the internet and learn how to do what we do. Yeah. 
You're not going to find a lot of agency owners that are going to say that, but the reality is you can go to HubSpot, you can go to Moz.com or Yoast or any of those things and learn how to do what we do on a daily basis. The value of hiring somebody like one of our marketing professionals is that we've been doing it for so long. We don't have to go looking. We don't have to do the right. research. It's instinctive at this point in time. Um, so it's faster, it's more efficient, but I'm not sharing anything that they couldn't find anywhere else. So I would rather be the one that's sharing that information and building that trust rather than them going to another company and getting that information elsewhere. It yeah. might as well be me. Yeah. And uh, in, in reality, with pretty much any business, you can go online and learn how to do what, you know, yeah. whether it's going to be construction or HVAC, you know, you can, I mean, some of these fields, you have to have licenses and certifications, but you don't have to license, have to have license to open a restaurant. Right. And if you have some money to open a restaurant and then go online and find a dozen good recipes offline and open a restaurant, then you got a restaurant. Yeah. It's not like it's, you know, a world secret that how to do this. It's the information is out there. And um one comment I just heard when someone just told me a while back that we live in the information age and everything is out there. We just have to ask the right questions. So it's really neat. Um, okay, what's one thing that came out of your journey in growing your business that you didn't expect? COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Besides COVID, it's too easy. That's, yeah, <laughs> I, um, you know, I really didn't expect for the business to become what it was. And that sounds really odd, but when I started my company, it was out of, I was creating a job for myself that would go wherever I went. I was not thinking bigger than paying my bills. Mm -hmm. I'm building a job for myself. So I became a consultant and it was just me. And it was that boutique agency mentality. Um, I did not expect for the vision to grow to what it was, um, which I think is true of a lot of business owners as well. Um, but it was once I started adding on interns and other VAs and I started to get to know them that my mentality shifted from let me make a job for myself to let me make jobs for them. Yeah. Right. And then that's, that's how this new version of our agency grew into existence. That's awesome. I like that. It's uh, you're helping others along with yourself and yeah. your clients. Yeah. So you're a big help. Everybody. We hope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Erica, let's move on to our shotgun round. And in this round, this is uh, a few questions that I ask every interviewer just more for fun. And just to get to know you a little bit better. Yep. Okay. Okay. If you could turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you tell yourself? Be more confident. <laughs> mm -hmm. It took me a long time to be able to step out and do the things that I was able to do. And I think if I wasn't so shy and doubting myself because I was different and I viewed the world differently, I think I could have made a bigger impact a lot sooner than I have now. That's cool. All right. What's the most important thing you've learned in your life so far? Um, mind your cash flow. Mm. <laughs> that sounds pretty superficial, but uh, you know, I'm in that millennial demographic where everything is be an entrepreneur and you'll be driving Lamborghinis and all this other thing. And it doesn't matter about the money. Just chase the dream. No, you gotta, you gotta pay attention to the money. Um, and if I had had that mindset earlier on, I think it would have set me up for success a lot early, earlier yeah. than learning it down the road and having to make those adjustments. All right. Um, what's the best compliment you've ever received? 
I had, I was working for an IT um, organization and I had been working with them for about six months and their CEO told me that I had the best instincts for that business that he had seen in 25 years, which wow. was pretty cool. That's neat. All right. Uh, if you could have dinner with any three people, living or dead, who would they be and what would you talk about? Um, gosh, that's a hard one. Um, it's actually my favorite question. <laughs> I think Ruth Bader Ginsburg would be up there just because wow. I think that she's what regardless of what you believe politically um, as a woman in moving into academia and owning a business, like I'd love to hear more about her story. Um, she's just got a fascinating history. So I'd mm -hmm. love to meet and talk to her. Um, you know, I'm going to pull the celebrity answer and say my future self. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just to see how these things turn out and learn those lessons. And then probably, gosh, a third one, you know, there's a lot of, I'm running through a list of names of people that I respect as a business owner. Um, people like Gary Vee or, um, some of the other marketers that have done that, that have innovated mm -hmm. regardless of whether you agree with them or not, that have that mentality of instead of just riding on that roller coaster, actually driving it. <laughs> I yeah. think that that would be a good, a good conversation. Sounds good. Interesting. So uh, tell, tell really, or share with us really quickly about uh, the books you talked about that you've written. So my first book is actually coming out. I've done quite a bit as a reporter, um, both freelance and otherwise. I still, even though I run an agency, I still dabble in freelance reporting just because I love it. Uh, writing is my passion, but uh, my first book of interviews is actually coming out here later on this year. That's First Dollar Feeling. I've gone through some of the business owners that have impacted my life, whether they've been clients or employers um, or just friends and colleagues. Uh, so we've got about nine different interviews and some strategy sessions on how to learn from their journeys. Wow. and help business owners grow up. So the, the goal is to um, either inspire the aspiring business owner or to provide support to that uh, business owner who's struggling and trying to get them back to that first dollar feeling when you finally made your first sale and got all excited and pinned that first dollar, which we never see anymore because everything is digital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so getting them back to that mentality. That's neat, that's neat. Sounds like it's gonna be an interesting book. I hope so. So how can people get up with you? So they can visit our website at smallbusinessmarketingstudio.com. I know that's a mouthful. Mm -hmm. We're also on Facebook at the smallbusinessmarketingstudio.com. You can send us a message there, um, or you can email me directly at Erica with a K at smallbusinessmarketingstudio.com. All right. Awesome. Erica, I appreciate you being on the podcast and yeah. sharing your knowledge and wisdom about businesses and how to make them successful. Yeah. Happy Thank to be you. here. Thanks for having me. Well, friends, there you have it. If you want your business to succeed, get in touch with Erica and let her and her experts help you to market your business to the best way possible. As for this podcast, like many businesses out there, we are struggling. It has been getting harder to find business owners who are excited to share their business successes with us because they aren't sure if they're going to be in business tomorrow. No one wants to come on the podcast and talk about how they are struggling and failing right now. And that's understandable. In the next few episodes, I will be talking with people who work with small businesses 
to help them succeed. Hopefully, if you are a small business owner, you will gain some insight as to what you can do to continue to grow. You may even decide to reach out to some of these folks to help keep you going. There's nothing wrong with asking for help so that you can keep growing and keep going. Especially when you have employees who are relying on you to keep them working and allowing them to support their families. There is a whole lot of uncertainty out there right now and people are scared. I understand and don't blame them one bit. I'm going through a personal transition myself and I'm having to rethink how to best serve my future and be successful. If that's you too, just remember that through all these uncertainties and adversities, we grow stronger as people and as a nation. Always keep a positive attitude and don't allow fear to take control and we will all get through this together. And please don't abandon this podcast because we aren't posting as often as we used to. I will find some great people to talk with who can help you grow your business, and I want to see everyone out there succeed. Turn on your notification for this podcast so that when we air a new episode, you won't miss it. Just be patient, stay safe, and know that together we will get through any and all adversity. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. Let's go.